You're listening to Finalysis, a science fiction and fantasy television podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Annie. And I'm Stephanie. And in this episode, we are going to be talking about the first episode of Winona Earp. If you know us from our other podcasts, we started out covering Lost Girl, and one of our favorite writers from Lost Girl is Emily Andrus, who is the show creator, the showrunner for Winona Earp, which is actually based off of an IDW comic book by the same name from Bo Smith. Hey, it was written by a guy named Bo. What do you like about that? Ah, (laughs) Spelled differently, (laughs) but yes. So shall we start off with our overall impressions of the show? Sure. I really liked it. I've watched it three times now, and each time I've liked it more than the last. It, It does feel a little bit bogged down with exposition, but I mean, it's a pilot episode. They kind of inherently are. But I thought it served its purpose well, and I'm I'm really excited about the next episode and really the rest of the season. So I'm I'm okay with it having sort of a an exposition heavy first episode because setup. How about you, Stephanie? I liked it pretty well. I, I think like you, I liked it better on rewatch. I've watched it twice now, and and like you said, there was some issues that it had that I think is common for just pilot episodes generally. But I think it had a few things really going for it. A, I think it, there was really good dialogue. Emily Andrus is really good at writing very engaging, quippy dialogue. I thought there were quite a few characters slash actors that were very, very likable. And I thought the music actually was really great. I actually really loved the opening credits. Yes, I thought the music choices were excellent, too. You go, Andrea Higgins. Yeah. I know. She's awesome. How about you, Annie? What'd you think? I thought it was pretty good. Um, I've only seen it once, so I, I am looking for it. I need to re- uh, find time to rewatch it. Um, as you said, Chris, there's some parts that are a little bit too much talky and too much exposition, but no, overall, I thought it was a pretty solid pilot episode. Um, I really, really love Melanie Scrofano. Scrofano. Is her last yeah. name? Scrofano. I really love her in the title role. She's, it's not just typical badass woman in little leather jacket. I don't know, but she's got the personality that just kind of draws me in, and I really like watching her on screen. want to find out more about Doc Holliday, and I really love the dynamic between the Herb sisters. I thought that was a lot of fun. I like that they made it a focus of, of the episode, and seemingly the series. It took me a little while for Waverly to grow on me. She was a little too much of like kind of typical little sister at first. But actually, the moment where I decided, like, okay, I like this relationship is actually when Winona showed up to the showdown and Waverly's up in the noose, mm-hmm. and uh, Waverly's first comment to her was, "So you missed your bus?" <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> Winona said, "Yeah, I'm kind of off buses or something like that." And she, she says, "How are you hanging? <laughs> are you hanging in there?" <laughs> Waverly's like, "That was great. That was terrible." <laughs> that that made me really. I don't know. For some reason, that really solidified their relationship for me. It's just, it's not like this overt, like, oh my gosh, you're in trouble. I'm going to save you. Like, it, I just, I really like that exchange between the two of them. It solidified their relationship for me for some reason. Right. No, I get that. That makes sense to me. I kind of like that Waverly's introduction is she, like, bursts into a room and just starts shooting. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes and no. Like, I kind of wish she no, hadn't I, been trying to I shoot know. somebody over, you know, I, I, called him a beefier Justin Bieber in my notes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I just called him a kind of a... Eh. Yeah, you know, like, it's like, he's a dog. Why are you threatening some woman over this dog guy exactly. who's cheating no, I on know. you? Like, I, don't, I don't like that, but I like <laughs> that, you know, 
Just blasting holes in the wall. Whatever. Like, why not? <laughs> I did like all of the little feathery bits landing over everything at the end mm-hmm. of that scene. That was a nice image, I think. I mean, really, let's let's be honest. That whole scene was designed around that, just that imagery. I think so. Yeah. Blasting well, holes and, you know, in the wall. They want to play with the Western tropes. So, right. Exactly. You know, they, they needed to have something. They needed to have a couple shootouts in this episode. And that was one of them. I, however, would like to really would like to stage a wardrobe intervention with Waverly. I cannot get <laughs> yeah. on board with any of her outfits. I apologize, but I just oh, the short shorts and the boots. No, I could see yeah. the bottom of her bum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, cover yourself, girl. <laughs> and the high waisted jeans. Why the high waisted jeans, young people? Why are you doing this to yourself? I was gonna say it's it's for some reason popular with the young people again. I I don't know. <sighs> so while I can't get on board with her wardrobe, I did really, I ended up really liking the scenes between Winona and Waverly. For me personally, I really liked Melanie Scarfano in combination with a few really specific actors. She was great in the scenes with her and Waverly. And I thought she was actually really good in the scenes with her and Dolls slash Shamir Anderson. For me, at least, like I was, I really enjoyed him in this episode as an actor with the realization and the acknowledgement that he got like zero character development in the episode. <laughs> but I really liked him in contrast to Melanie Scrofano because she's kind of like frenetic and a little bit twitchy. And he has this very like calm, slow burn intensity to him. And so I thought they played really well off each other. It sounds to me like Stephanie has a crush. Hey! <laughs> Slow burn <laughs> intensity? Those are crush I'm words, just, Stephanie. I've been trying to figure out how to describe it. That's the best I could get. You don't have to put it so eloquently. Just say, oh yeah, he's hunky. <laughs> hunky agent. Whatever nickname you want to give him. But I, I did love that exchange between the herb sisters. He's got a nice butt or something. And Winona's like, yep. Yep. <laughs> And I'm like, well, Winona, I was more noticing your butt instead of his butt, but that's just me. And her wardrobe, yum. Not a big fan of fringe, but otherwise. No, but I think Melanie Scorfano pulls it off. Well, and again, Western, trope, Mm -hmm. theme-y type Mm -hmm. show. They're trying to, they're going for a thing. I get it. (laughs) So I'm alone over here. My love for Shamir Anderson is what you're saying. (laughs) No, I I like him. I don't like like him as much as you do. (laughs) Exactly. But no, I thought the cast overall was was likable and yeah, charming and the things you want in a cast. Yeah. Yeah. Another standout scene for me, I think, was the one between Winona and Doc Holliday in the bar. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting in how uh, the conversation about Wyatt Earp and kind of how Winona feels about her ancestor, kind of conflicted feelings about him and his legacy. Right, which to me makes perfect sense for that character, right? It's mm-hmm. the the burden slash privilege of having the legacy. I get it. I do wonder, however, because I think, like like I said, I think one of the – there's a pilot, and with pilots often come the issue is uh, it feels like a lot of stuff has to get squished into a very condensed amount of time. And I kind of wonder if they maybe could have waited to introduce Doc Holliday more fully until episode two? And Chris and I kind of were talking about this off mic. She says no because of the ambiguity about who shot stupid Carl in the <laughs> in the showdown. But I, I kind of wonder if maybe they could have written it around it a little bit differently and maybe ended on Doc Holliday kind of emerging from the well as a teaser for the next episode and kind of gotten more into his character in episode two. But that's just me. I mean, well, no, maybe, I- but 
to me, because because it is a pilot, and the purpose of pilots generally is to sell the show first to the network and then to the audience. So I don't know. To me, that is more worth it to have that scene in this episode to get like a vague connection at least between Winona and Doc Holliday. But- yeah, I agree. I mean, I think I thought it was interesting that the whole episode ended with that scene with Doc Holliday, which is very. I found very intriguing, and of course, you want to know more about him. Um, instead of yeah, that was um, an interesting Winona, choice. Winona. Instead of ending on Winona, exactly. Yeah, and I'm all huh. I thought it was an interesting choice to leave it there on a supporting character, albeit what seems like will be a very important one. Yeah, but I'm wondering what is Doc Holliday because he doesn't seem to be a guy with a regular lifespan. I'm guessing. Well, that would be impossible. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely you're left with questions about this character. He doesn't seem to be very modern, right? I, I enjoyed Winona's comment about his outfit being cute at the bar. <laughs> and he seems to be hanging out with the Revenants at the end of the show, at the end of the episode, but doesn't seem to be one of them. And he's getting some hospitality from this unknown he I guess it's maybe the big bad that we haven't quite been introduced to yet. Yeah. And is he friend or foe to, foe to Wynoa? Because like I mentioned, it's implied he that he possibly shot stupid Carl at the showdown. Mm-hmm. Right. And to me, that's why they ended it on this note, right? There's perhaps a little bit more ambiguity, uncertainty, mystery in that to lead into the next episode. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it was necessarily bad. Just for me personally, I kind of felt like some some scenes could have used a little more time to breathe. Like, especially the first time through, I just felt like I was getting, you know, boom, 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 rocketed around to a lot of different scenes pretty quickly. Right. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just... No, like, I can see both sides. Just, I'm wondering if it may be... Because I think they could have introduced some similar ambiguities to him with a different incident, maybe, if they'd waited till episode two. But I understand the reasons for wanting to put him in episode one. Like you said, because it's a pilot. They're trying to sell it to the network, etc. Mm-hmm. Well, we said the R word several times. Did you, like me, when they mentioned the word revenant, do a mental no? (laughs) Getting confused, Amal. Are we back on Lost Girl? I don't know. From the word, yes. But they also clearly established that they're actually demons in this universe, I guess, if Mm -hmm. you want to call it a universe. Are they demons or revenants? But- well, they're both, because revenants just means it implies the resurrection, right? So these demons, oh. they they resurrect whenever a, a, an Erp heir turns 27. But I guess, per their species, they are a demon. <laughs> yeah. But, I, I, you know, we've mentioned on our other podcast, on our Lost Girl podcast, we are not fans of zombie shows that much, but these don't seem to be particularly zombie-like. Right. But I am curious, no, they're, like, they're what purpose slow. these demons, or just the demons on the show are going to serve in, in the storytelling. Like, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the monsters are very much metaphors in the episodes, but if you look even on Angel, they don't serve the same purpose there. So I'm curious to see what, what they're going to do in the story here. Right. I haven't really watched a lot of genre TV with a lot of demons slash revenant zombie type Not a supernatural creatures. TV viewer, eh? Well, yeah. Well, Lost I mean, Girl. I mean, well, yeah, Lost the Girl, evil but fae not are kind of equivalent to what we got here. That's yeah, true. but not like, not like demon type creatures. I don't know. I'm kind of split on them. Are, is this going to be like the Revenant of the Week type deal for a while, or I found their special effects kind of typical? The red eyes and do all 
demons have glowy foreheads? Is that how we pick them out? So, yeah, I'm kind of wondering how they're going to be used going forward. And when do we know they're dead dead? Do they just have to be shot with only the peacemaker? Or, like, just shot in the forehead or what? Yeah, that's the question, because at the showdown, we see that Winona, she shoots, you know, the one-eyed revenant guy, the main guy, and he goes into that little glowy pit thingy. Presumably a portal to hell or whatever the equivalent is. So I feel like we could confidently put him in the dead column. But what about the other two? Because the other one gets blown up, and then Carl gets shot by presumably Doc Holliday, but not... The peacemaker. So, is are they those two dead? Dead, or are they going to come back? Mm-hmm. Time will tell. And then, does the peacemaker does it take regular bullets, or does it need like special bullets? I was just curious. And that was a very interesting shot where the camera she's looking down the barrel of the gun, but it's in the barrel of the gun, which I thought was an interesting shot since you literally can't look in the barrel of the gun. But it was a very pretty shot with special effects and all. I thought that was cool, also. And then the bullet acts like a shock room, a la Xena, where it just bounces off everything and then hits your target like perfectly. Yeah, it was uh, the first shot that she shot at the actual showdown with the with the demon guys. That one was all a ricochet and whatever. And at first I thought that was going to be just how the gun was used. But then she shot him directly in the forehead. So I guess it could be mm-hmm. used either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when she was practicing, it kind of ricocheted all over the place. So yeah, exactly. It seems to vary. Well, but you remember earlier in the episode, she's playing pool. And that's how she plays pool. She was bouncing yeah. all the shots off of oh. all the sides. So yeah, she did a lot of bank shots. and Yes, yeah. thank you. Bank shots. Yeah, I, I did like the... I thought the practicing with the gun scene was was pretty funny. Like, okay, maybe if I get a little closer. (laughs) I know. And that brings up something that Melody Scarfano uh, has brought up in interviews, is that she's Winona isn't perfect. She's not like a perfect badass and knows how to fight and all this stuff right off. The pilot doesn't establish her that, that way. And I really like that about her, that it's not just... Right out of the gate, badass superheroine. But she does. Yeah. It does seem to have a bit of a Slayer esque type of mythology built in because she seems to be getting some special powers that come with being the Erp heir, having turned twenty seven years old. Because I'm doubting before she could just go flying around like that. She seemed pl- pretty surprised right. at those abilities. Yeah. It, that is one of the benefits of rewatching. Is I didn't quite understand it the first time watching but watching Uh it the second time in that opening scene where she's fighting the demon at the beginning because she gets knocked down and then the little birthday song plays on her phone signaling that it's her birthday and that's when you get the moment you can see it like oh that's when her powers are activated yeah (laughs) yeah and all of a sudden she's like because i think that was supposed to be at turn midnight and she got a little like happy birthday right I was like, why is the song activating her? Yeah, yeah. But it's not the song. It's the time. It's the time. It it's t- the time. It now took I me get a, it. It yeah. took me a moment to realize that um, when I was first watching. But yeah, I think that's what it was, is it clicked over to midnight and she got her powers. Well, what I think is interesting is that now is she the the one or whatever by default because she had an older sister that is dead? Yeah. You know, so she's like the middle sister. Well, supposedly dead. We'll see. Yeah, supposedly dead. But what if they eventually find the older sister? Well, Well, and is it every ERP at the turn of 27? Exactly. Yeah, I had a question about that, too. I think from the flashbacks with her father, it was implied that it was the eldest. It was implied that it was Willa that was going to be, not Willow, that I almost said Willow, Willa, who was going to be. (laughs) I heard Willa, for what it's worth. Yeah, thank well, you. Uh, but because she was out of the picture, I presumed that it kind of got passed down to 
Winona, but maybe she was intended to be the heir all along and they didn't realize it. Well, yeah, but I'm like, what if they find Willa eventually? Will Winona not be the heir anymore? You know? I don't think so. Or will they, yeah, will they all be the heir? And of course, uh, you know, I like the little play. They all have W names. I'm going to have to get used to the silly names. I, it's it's going to be hard for me. <laughs> really? You don't like all the silly names? Stephanie's very I, judgy about I am. character names. I am. Which I've learned and uh, <laughs> am annoyed shocker. by. <laughs> no, it's just me. I, I know. It's it's me having my issues. Issues. Name mm-hmm. issues. So here's here's a point of issue, which is just, it's a dumb point of issue, but why'd she have to blow up the motorcycle? I know. I know. I, know. I had the same thought. I was like, really? Was that necessary? Did you have to? It was a uh, cool I mean, it was bike. Because they had cool that great moment the way it was edited and the song and everything, but I'm like, no, you just got it. Ugh. <laughs> Well, and they had the great lead up to her on the motorcycle, which you kind of knew they were going to do, but it was great anyway. <laughs> With the whole wanting something from the stable, but it's a motorcycle. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is that when I initially saw this, I think, it, you know, it was before any of the promos came out, but still, for a while I was confused uh, when I initially heard about the show going, wait a minute, what time period does it take place in? Is it modern? Is it back in the day? And, you know. You're not the only one. I saw a lot of comments online. Yeah, that were like, yeah, I was confused so. too because of the Doc Holiday inclusion. Because they made it sound like it was the real Doc Holiday, which apparently it is, but he is out of his time, so it's not a period yeah. piece. It's a contemporary piece, but with a character who is, you know, a little strange. But then, you know, it's got all the little Western winks and nods, and then, you know, and then it works when it has that line where I notice says, "I need your best pony from your stable," and I'm like, "Oh, she's gonna get a horse," and. Uh, Oh no, Harley is so much better than. No, it's gone. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, that brings up the question where is this show taking place? You know, purgatory, obviously, but I'm like, is. <laughs> didn't the whole historical, you know, OK Corral take place in Arizona or something? I, my first big laugh of watching the show was when they showed the sign that said, Purgatory, you won't want to leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, that's ominous. <laughs> I had that same question, too, because when Winona is talking to Agent Dolls, she says something to the effect of, oh, U.S. Marshals, you don't have jurisdiction up here. Mm-hmm. Right. And the badgy hands are, has the Canadian and U.S. flags on it. Exactly. Yeah. So, so. It, was, it, was a little, it was a little confusing. Mm. I'm thinking it's – you guys watch Strange Empire, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same area is what I'm going to theorize <laughs> now. Okay. So like Montana. Well, there's a whole thing about – the they're like right on the Canadian Montana border in mm-hmm. Strange Empire, so there's kind of a whole jurisdiction issue there. In well, in they do shoot too. in Calgary, so yeah, somewhere up there, right? But yeah, gorgeous scenery, by the way. It is. It's so mm, pretty. Yeah, and I think Emily Andrus made a point in interviews of how like she's excited to show off that part of Alberta because you know so much stuff is shot in Toronto or Vancouver. Yeah, I don't hear of a lot of Calgary-based productions. So you had your why why moment when the motorcycle blew up. I mean, I did too. But before that, I had my why why moment with the tongue pulling scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was like, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. Oh. God. Oh, he's doing it. Oh. 
Look away. Well, okay. I could have been, I could have dealt with if he just pulled out his tongue. I mean, ew, but okay. But then he's like waving it around <laughs> and then he had to step on it. Why? Oh, to I get that reaction from you. Uh, but then I was like, wouldn't the guy be bleeding more or screaming more? And then you find out he's a revenant. And I'm all, oh, okay. That's why. That makes sense. But still, initially I was like, oh, wouldn't you be kind of almost dead? <laughs> Kind of almost dead. But yeah. they, they are kind of almost dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, okay, I get it. But yeah, that was gross. But it was designed to be gross, so. I know, I know. Yeah, there was just occasional moments of grossness and violence. It seems to be a hallmark of Canadian TV shows, <laughs> or Canadian-produced TV shows. It's like these short bursts of intense violence, but I think on the whole, not as much violence as you see in U.S. TV shows. That's true. I literally had to stop watching The Walking Dead. <laughs> I can do it. So, yeah. And those are at least some of our thoughts about the first episode of Winona Earp. If you have thoughts about this episode that you'd like to share with us, you can do that in a number of ways. You can send us an email at feedback at askgenretv.com. You can call us and leave a voicemail at... 972-514-7223. You can also record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. We are on Twitter at AskGenreTV. You can find show notes for this episode at AskGenreTV.com slash fan5. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Chris. And I'm Annie. And I'm Stephanie. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.